This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Wednesday afternoon, September 21st. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Rob Hart. A great way to get kids started in investing is through a custodial account. We'll learn more in our next segment. But right now, the Fed is expected to raise interest rates when it releases its latest policy statement in less than an hour. We're joined by David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors in in Denver, Colorado, author of the book Understanding Central Banking. David, thanks for joining us today and helping us understand central banking as the uh, Fed prepares to uh, hike interest rates once again. The amount of the hike is not a surprise, but investors are going to be waiting to see what they say about the state of the economy and any statements made during the news conference afterward. Yes, and you posed the issue quite well. Um, clearly, at this September policy meeting, we do think rate hike of three quarters of a point or 75 basis points, as the market likes to say, uh, is pretty much uh, settled on. Um, and um, the next meeting won't be until November 2nd. And um, that's really the issue people will be looking ahead to. Um, Obviously, the tone of this meeting is important, and I think Fed Chairman Powell will be uh, continue to be hawkish. Uh, he injected back in his uh, comments um, in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, Paul Volcker, uh, some people call him the saint. Um, the idea is for the Fed to keep at it until the job is done. Uh, that means uh, don't let up in the hawkishness. I do think by November the Fed will be looking at the data closely. Um, uh, you know, it's quite something to have three 75 basis point hikes in a row. So I wouldn't rule out something like a 50 basis point or half a percentage point increase in November. But that will depend on evidence that inflation at the consumer level is coming down. Investors have priced in a three-quarters of a percent to maybe a one percent hike an hour from now. And the hawkish tone, uh, not much of a surprise, especially to investors who heard the uh, talk at Jackson Hole a couple of weeks ago and then the, uh, the, the next speech at the Cato Institute. But it really it seems to be the economic projection is the thing that has the potential to move the markets this afternoon. Oh, indeed. Um, I think the market is looking closely for that unemployment rate. Uh, when we get to the end of all this, the question is going to be how high is that unemployment going to be and how high is that target federal funds rate going to be? Um, I certainly rule out, would not rule out by the middle of next year, twin fives, a 5% unemployment rate and a 5% 
Fed funds rate, but uh, we're quite some distance from there. Uh, The point I want to make is the Fed is fully focused on inflation, and I think Powell is willing to accept a recession if he has to in order to bring inflation down. David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors in Denver, Colorado, author of the book Understanding Central Banking. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up, helping kids get started in investing. Cashing in with conversation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday. Helping kids learn the fundamentals of investing can set them up for long-term financial success. Let's get some advice from Mark Horner, wealth advisor, Fairhaven Wealth Management, based in The website is fairhavenwealth.com. Mark, thanks for joining us today. It's a scenario that many parents are familiar with. They have a bank account for their kids that's uh, got chock full of money from birthdays and religious observances. They turn 18. They have access to that account for the very first time. They go to college, and then it sounds like that old Willie Nelson song. They start spending their money, calling everybody honey, and then they run out of money, and they're singing the blues. Uh, What is one good way uh, to keep keep an 18-year-old from uh, learning that very difficult lesson uh, maybe a couple of years ahead of time. That's a, that's a great intro, Rob. Uh, what, what one good way is to show them, uh, to let them actually put their hands on the, on the investments uh, uh, figuratively, not, not literally. And so maybe when the kids are much younger than 18, get, a, get a, a custodial account, a UTMA account. Some people aren't familiar. You can have a custodial account for a an IRA or a Roth IRA, if the kids have got some earned income, go ahead and make some investments, not cash, go ahead and make some investments. And I'd be a big fan of making some individual stock investments because I think it helps an individual company, I think really helps kids understand and learn about what it means to be to be an investor. Let that investment cook for, for 10 or 15 years until they get to be 18. And my bet is that you will be able to show them a statement that has a dollar amount that you invested, let's say it's $500, that's turned into something much more. And so let's just pick a, to pick a company, let's say you picked investing in McDonald's stock, you'd be able to show the kids that statement to say, hey, that, that, that 500 bucks that I invested in a company has turned into something much more. And so that's a concrete example of the power of investing over, over time. But I think getting started early and getting them involved are two important elements. Uh, two questions. The first one is, what is the uh, uh, best way to set up a custodial account? You mentioned a couple of uh, different type of investing accounts with uh, tax implications. Um, what's the best one, like the, the easiest vehicle to set up? And then the second one is, uh, what are the sources of income we're talking about? Summer job, birthday money, or anything that comes in? Yeah, so the answer to the first question is we're big fans of just keeping it simple. So if, if mom mom and dad have already got an account at a financial institution where they're doing their own investing, we'd be we'd be fans of just keep of opening an account there, uh wherever that wherever that might be. And then uh and then as far as the custodial IRAs or custodial Roth IRAs, the hurdle there is technical is earned income. And so what that means is if the kids get a paycheck from somebody. So babysitting money is not going to is not going to count unless your neighbors have formed an LLC and and are kicking out paychecks, which is which is un, which is unlikely. But if they're if they're get if they've got a paid internship at a uh, at a company and they get a physical paycheck, they're very likely going to be able to save some of that money into a, an IRA or we'd be big fans of uh, custodial Roth IRAs. 
Mark Horner, Wealth Advisor, Fairhaven Wealth Management based in Wheaton. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. The website, fairhavenwealth.com. Coming up next, retailers are struggling to find workers as the holiday season approaches. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Demand is higher than supply for retailers, delivery services, and other businesses. Let's talk about what that means for the holiday shopping season with Rick Cobb, founder of the Workplace Consulting Firm, to Discern, based in Chicago. Rick, thanks for joining us today. In uh, in previous years, the uh, temporary or seasonal holiday worker, uh, that was a good source of income for someone who may not have had a steady job or uh, needed to make a little extra dough along the way. Uh, how does the uh, holiday seasonal worker uh, live inside the uh, current uh, job market where uh, talent is very hard to find? Well, that's the issue, right? The jobs are going to be there, but they're going to be seasonal in nature. So you across the board, you've got both big box retail and 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 the large grocery store chains, the Walmarts, Coles, you name it, are all gonna be trying to staff to anticipation of the of the of the seasonal hiring. And also that's that extends out to getting the stuff to the customer, which means the the, the logistics uh, of getting things uh, from supply chain, getting from A to B. E-commerce now has stepped in, so you know the the Uber Eats, et cetera, are their legion in terms of getting things out. So there's going to be tons of jobs, and we still have a 10.7 million uh, uh, deficit in terms of jobs against hiring. So it's going to be a really crazy market. And if you're a smaller business and you don't have staff now and you're not looking, you're, you're going to be really struggling to find anybody in the, in the next month or two because the, the demand is off the charts. And again, there's a lot of uncertainty in general about the economy. Walmart uh, planning to hire 40,000 workers for the holiday season. UPS uh, hiding uh, wants to hire over 100,000 uh, winter holiday rush uh, workers uh, between now and Christmas time. And uh, it, it should be important to note that uh, if just as in the case with full-time jobs and regular jobs, uh, there is kind of a, a recruiting arms race for these seasonal jobs as well, and that uh, you might get some perks this time around above and beyond uh, if you were looking for a seasonal job seven years ago. Yeah, I think if, you're, if you've are if you been uh, underemployed or unemployed for an extended period of time, well, there's probably other reasons besides the fact that there's no jobs for you. Um, certainly the, uh, the, the millennial generation is a lot more interested in authenticity. Uh, in other words, are you a legitimate company? Do you actually demonstrate that, that you care about me other than just, I'm filling a spot and you, you know, that, that will be eliminated. So the smart staffing and hiring organizations are going to be looking for ways to entice people, not just for the temporary, uh, moment, but also with some sort of a path, either a skill set that you can learn while you're here, which you can use in another job somewhere else or a path to other jobs in that organization, that's going to be a lot more enticing than just the job itself. Because as we know, there's over 10 million out there right now that are open. If you're a student looking for a little extra spending money, a seasonal job is a great uh, opportunity for you to do just that. And if you're looking for a steady gig once the holidays are over, uh, a lot of these places uh, tend to keep people who did a good job during the holiday season. Yeah, don't don't just take the job. Well, obviously, there's some of the jobs that are so labor intensive and require so much. that There's not a lot of time to think. But if you're a student and you can find an opportunity to work in and around the area that you are most passionate and interested in, you want to pursue that. You know, the, it's almost the price of entry now for a for a good job out of college is some sort of internship experience. 
and also on the other side of it. If you are in an opportunity that is temporary, that doesn't mean it has to be temporary. If you're if you ex, if you are an exemplary employee that takes on additional responsibilities and demonstrates that, um, you know, there are a lot of talk about quiet quitters, but there are some people that are actually looking to to move up. And if you demonstrate that, there may be opportunities for you beyond the season. Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Still ahead in Personal Finance Wednesday, strategies to get the most out of Social Security. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. CBS News Special Report. New York Attorney General Letitia James is suing former President Trump and his three adult children, alleging business fraud. Everyday people cannot lie to a bank about how much money they have in order to get a favorable loan to buy a home or to send their kid to college. And if they did, the government would throw the book at them. The consequences? We are, again, are permanently barring Mr. Trump and his family members from serving as an officer or director in any entity in the state of New York. We are barring him from entering into any commercial real estate transactions for five years. We are barring Mr. Trump and the organization from applying for any loans for five years. CBS's Graham Cates. She was talking about famous properties like Mar-a-Lago and, and golf courses, as well as individual apartments. She's accusing them of kind of playing with the valuations in order to inflate Trump's value himself. Trump called it a witch hunt by a racist attorney general. CBS News Special Report. It's 12.32. President Biden addressing the United Nations General Assembly this morning, focusing on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. A brutal, needless war. A war chosen by one man, to be very blunt. Let us speak plainly. A permanent member of the United Nations Security Council invaded its neighbor, attempted to erase a sovereign state from the map. The president calls the action by Vladimir Putin a violation of the U.N. Charter. The noon business hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Stocks are trading higher. We're joined by Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director, ClearSet Advisors, based in New York. Jim, thanks for joining us today. The... uh, Markets are higher today heading into this, uh, this uh, the Federal Reserve, the, the Fed announcement uh, about an hour from now. And uh, normally the way this goes is uh, there's a little bit of uh, anticipation. And then there are some wild swings of the market uh, while the uh, Fed chairman, Jay Powell, makes his remarks. Uh, what explains the pattern of trading this morning, this uh, anticipatory rally? Yeah, it's not based in anything of reality. If you look at uh, what what economic reports we got this morning, it's continued weakness. Uh, the housing numbers uh, were weak. Uh, you have uh, uh, Walmart saying they're going to be very cautious on hiring the season because they're uncertain about the economy. You have Facebook Meta uh, uh, laying off people. So there's nothing that that went on uh, 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 statistically or factually that uh, speaks to this rally. I think it's just a little bit of of hope and and a uh, reaction to the fact that stocks have been under terrific pressure uh, over the last several weeks. So uh, going forward, what we have to see is what they do and what their statement says, uh, what the their forecasts are, the so-called dot plots as to 
how high they think they're going to have to take rates and how long they're going to have to keep them there. And then third, of course, is the press conference. And uh, my guess is he, he, they, they really don't want to surprise the market. So I don't think there's going to be that much new uh, today. If you're an investor, how do you react to the various uh, sources of information that are coming in this afternoon between the the actual interest rate hike, between the dot plot, the economic predictions, and the news conference? What are you know it, which it, which we all will anticipate uh, more hawkish rhetoric from the Fed? You know, how do you how do you make moves based on what happens this afternoon, or do you? No, you don't. I think what you do is you you do long term asset allocation. Use periods of weakness like this to uh, uh, to rebalance probably higher, actually higher into both equities and bonds because they're uh, they're both more attractively priced than they were. You know, you can get four uh, percent on a two year treasury now, which is uh, not a bad return, particularly in a tax deferred account. So, I would say you can draw draw down some cash into both. Uh, equities and stocks on on a long-term basis, but on a short-term basis, this is just noise. We have a period of uncertainty here between now and the end of the year, trying to figure out how high the Fed's going to take rates, how how long they're going to stay there, what its effect on the economy and corporate profits in 2023 are going to be, and we just don't know at this point. So I don't expect much clarity any time for the next few months. And, of course, we are entering corporate earnings season in October when corporations will give forward-looking guidance, which I think will be very important. That uh, that CPI report that was hotter than anticipated that came out a couple of weeks ago, uh, in in the in the in the the, the the, the, the purpose of finding clarity, did that confuse things as far as uh, investors and observers were concerned? Well, it's rear-looking. They're rear-looking numbers, and part of it is embedded inflation. You have this uh, rent equivalent uh, that's going to work its way through the system for a while, uh, but there's some very smart people who are, who are saying the Fed shouldn't look at that because it's old data. And as we stand here today, the economy is weakening, that these interest rate increases take effect with a, with a lag, that they're starting to be felt, and that the forward-looking indicators for both inflation and the economy are weakening. And that's the risk that the Fed, to, to uh, regain their credibility, uh, ends up uh, overshooting in terms of how high and how long rates stay, stay, how high they take rates and how long they stay. There. Very quickly, if uh, Jay Powell was a guy walking on a tightrope, <laughs> how's yeah. he doing? So how's how's he doing right now? Is he is he is he wobbling? Well, they they they, they made a great goof last year, and they're trying hard to regain their credibility. They're trying hard to thread the needle. I I think he's doing the best he can, but it's like going to the dentist. He's just got to sit in the chair and let the dentist drill until we get through this. Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director of Clearstead Advisors based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. Up next in Personal Finance Wednesday, maximizing your Social Security benefits by holding off on collecting them. An economy of words. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday, and this afternoon we're talking about Social Security and getting the greatest benefit by waiting as long as you can to take it. Let's get some help from Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer of the Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Craig, thanks for joining us today. For your entire life, you are told that uh, Social Security will be available to you on or about the time you turn 67. But you don't necessarily have to do that on your 67th birthday. And, uh, that may actually be to your benefit. 
No, absolutely. This is by far one of the most critical financial planning or what I call retirement decisions that every family needs to make in order to stay retired. And to your point, people do need to pay attention that for every year we delay taking our benefit, we're entitled to those DRCs, those delayed retirement credits of 8% per year. And most certainly those can add up and provide great longevity insurance over time. And what how, when, when you're talking to somebody who is on the cusp of retirement, they have the party plan, they have the date circled, um, what type of, uh, you know, what's kind of the, the calendar arrangement you work out with a client um, about how they view their retirement and how they spend their money at different phases of their retirement? Well, you know, at the end of the day, we need to figure out the mathematical formula. What's that minimum rate of return that someone needs on their money to essentially stay retired? And when it comes into the Social Security discussion, whether we're taking it early, as early as 62, taking it on time, say 67, or delaying until the age of 70, a lot of that has to do with longevity. So if someone's eating a chili cheese dog, a pizza puff, and an extra large milkshake, they're probably not going to go ahead and delay. But for everybody else, there's a sweet spot. It's just unique to each individual family and how we blend that strategy together. When do you have to take them? How long can you delay? The maximum delay is until your age of 70. Once you hit the attained mark of 70, there are no more delayed retirement credits. And I think what's really important is for married couples especially if both of them have a work or an earnings history, your decision does not need to be the same as your partner. There's a reason that some families might use a want, want to use a combination strategy to essentially maximize their lifetime Social Security benefits. Let's say you're walking out the door at 67 and uh, you want to uh, delay until you're 70 uh, and, and you want to use those three years. That's Those are the traveling years. Those are the uh, making up for all the, the lost living that you did while you were raising a family. Um, is that a good idea to use the 401k for that exclusively and then um, count on Social Security uh, towards the end when you won't be nearly as active? Well, you know, I'm happy you mentioned that. For everybody that is several years away, or many years away for that matter, you might want to take a listen to what Rob just said, which is maybe a portion of your 401k plan should be invested in a safe money position. Safe money being a guaranteed interest account, a stable value fund, or short-term bonds so that you can draw down that 401k, allowing that Social Security benefit to maximize out until the age of 70. That might be a great strategy. Again, not for everybody, but for those who plan on living based on their health history, their family record into their mid to late 80s or beyond, that's probably an ideal strategy for most at this point in time. Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer of the Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday and still to come, tip fatigue is impacting restaurant workers. It's conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 
What's being referred to as tip fatigue is being seen at more restaurants in Chicago and beyond. Let's find out what's going on from Izzy Karish, president of Hospitality Works, a.k.a. the restaurant coach based in Chicago. Izzy, thanks for joining us today. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, tip fatigue showing up at some uh, quick service or takeout locations. Uh, people uh, less likely to leave a tip for uh, uh, a pickup meal than they might have been uh, two years ago when that was the only game in town. But now it sounds like tip fatigue is spreading to restaurants where you have a sit-down meal. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And and the fatigue has hit, you know, restaurants uh, as well. But it was interesting. I saw a, a news report yesterday where uh, it showed a, a veterinarian's office where at the front desk they had a tip jar. So I think uh, people are looking at this saying, wow, the world's going crazy. You have to tip uh, everywhere. But, uh, yes, people are tipped out from, uh, you know, picking up your own pizza and they, you know, having to tip just for your pickup. Uh, so it seems like you're being tipped to death. And, and I think when it comes to full service restaurants where everybody was very forgiving two years ago coming out of COVID and appreciation, um, I think part of the issue with tipping in restaurants has to do with the lack of staff and now lack of service. In-person dining, uh, people who work in restaurants, servers, hostesses, hosts, uh, the frontline workers uh, in a restaurant uh, have had to enforce masking requirements, have had to enforce vaccine mandates, have had to incur the wrath of customers uh, during the uh, period when we were coming out of the worst of COVID. And uh, now they're having to, to, to take uh, bear the brunt of uh, an inflation-weary public. Is this another case of uh, restaurant workers uh, being made to uh, bear the brunt of problems they didn't create? Oh, absolutely. And and the inflation issue uh, is huge. The price of food is going up. And what we're seeing at a lot of restaurants is where people would come in before and each have a meal and maybe share an appetizer. Now it's they're sharing an appetizer, they're sharing an entree, they're sharing a dessert. So, so the waiters are working just as hard as they did with the check average going down uh, all at the same time. People feel very passionately about the percentage they leave as a gratuity, especially at a restaurant. And uh, normally, you know, 15 to 20 percent or 20 percent and beyond. What is the average range of tipping these days? Well, that's a great question. I was just in uh, New Jersey yesterday at a client's and I was assessing how that restaurant is doing. And I assessed it by what is their tip average and a good tip average in today's world is somewhere between 20 and 22%. But when I went through this restaurant for the last month and a half, they've been averaging about 17%. And that tells you people are tip weary for sure. And they're also becoming more and more critical uh, about the service they're receiving. Now, in some other states, uh, there are the raising the minimum wage for uh, restaurant workers, California in particular. Uh, in most other states, the uh, tipped wage is a lot lower uh, than the standard minimum wage. Uh, could this result in some type of cycle in which uh, uh, states start passing higher minimum wages to uh, make up for the fact that the uh, public isn't nearly as generous as it used to be? Well, absolutely. And I was just talking to my daughter who lives in Canada saying that maybe it's time for the U.S. to use the European model, where it's kind of all included. And if you're doing a tip uh, in Europe, it's it's uh, 10% would be extremely high because the wages are very high. But you bring up a great point with California. Uh, there's no more tip wage. Everybody's at $15. And now the state is pushing to get that to 22 
I think when they do that, that's going to be the end of tipping in California. Izzy Karish, president of Hospitality Works, a.k.a. the restaurant coach based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. If you missed any part of the Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.